This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by EB Games. Support us by buying your video games at EB Games. Welcome to my basement, everybody. Uh, this is a big basement. Very today. nice. I put some sand in. Yeah. Invited my shoes, Vic. Invited some dudes to work out, and I bought my uh, <laughs> my good friend Steve Tilly and hey. Ben Silverman. Hey. We're not going to be working out, though. No, no we're not working out. out. We oh, instead will talk it out. Yeah. All about uh, what's going on today in video games and uh, what we're doing here in uh, this. And, and spoiler alert, this actually isn't my basement. We're in Southern California. We're in L.A. right now. Yeah. Your basement's like the uh, TARDIS, though, isn't it? Didn't we say <laughs> Yeah, that? it is. Wherever, wherever, we, uh, wherever we get in it, we can just wind up anywhere. Absolutely. And, uh, there's no roof today. There's no windows or doors. It's just a big-ass basement. No, because the basement represents... <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the basement represents kind of a, a, a way of life, a mode of thinking about uh, nerd stuff. Deep, the basement represents a way of life. Wow. I've been telling ladies that for years. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 my basement represents a way of life. That's why I'm there all the time. It's... <laughs> no, you got to feel it. Feel the basement. Oh, Come down. The basement. Look at those action figures. Gross. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we're in Southern California. We are nerding out. We are checking out all kinds of uh, stuff that uh, you'll be hearing about embargoed. in about a month. Yep. Yeah, we're very embargoed. But uh, we are getting a taste of what is to come in video games mm -hmm. in 2015. How are you guys feeling about video games in 2015? Ben, I am feeling better yeah. about yeah. video games than I did at this time last year for sure. I mean, maybe some of this is just sort of a, a glow, an afterglow of 75 hours worth of The Witcher 3, mm -hmm. which um, <laughs> you know we'll be talking about at some point in the future and I could talk about forever, but I, I really love that game. It's been a good year so far. If you look at Bloodborne, you look at Mortal mm -hmm. Kombat. Dying Light. Dying, yeah, yeah, I, Dying I Light. I love Ori, Dying Light. Ori Dying and the Light. Blind Forest. That and too. Then, and then yeah. The Witcher, and then we've got E3, and then we come back from E3 and we're playing Batman, and in between that we got Split. Tune. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of good games in the Already. front half of this year. Yeah. And we can't talk about the things that we've seen this week, but there are some good things coming later this year. And I think this could finally be the turnaround, or maybe maybe they're finally slowly coming yeah. around, like they're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. They're, they're flicked uh, on the turn signal. Right. And the hand is on the wheel. Yeah. And it's all about to turn. I love this analogy. <laughs> I'm really milking it today. Analogy central. That's analogy right. are us. Okay. Steve, are you feeling the same way? Are you uh, optimistic about the, yeah. the games we will play? Yeah, I'm, I really feel like we are at the beginning of the turnaround. I mean, some stuff's been pushed to 2016. We're not going to see The Division this year. We're not going to see Uncharted this year, but we are seeing, you know, stuff like The Witcher, like Splatoon. We're going to have uh, Batman when we get back. We're going to have Mad Max. We're going to have some good stuff coming this fall. we got Battlefront coming up. It's kind of like we're, we're seeing the dividends pay off more in 2015. I mean, last year was a little, little bit of a Yo, yeah. little bit of a bust, you know? Yeah. So finally, a lot of, a lot of finally, yeah. there's some bright lights, and we're seeing some really ridiculously cool smaller stuff too yeah yeah, yeah. and it does feel like uh, y you know this sort of indie movement has been fully embraced and things have been realized and uh, there's still too many games I think to kind of wade through in terms of all of these mobile and bite size and mm -hmm. things that aren't really worth the time type of titles out there but you know great stuff is is bubbling up. You and I just reviewed uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, Necrodancer. which blew my mind. Again, Unbelievable Whoa, that game. Sounds gross. Don't it's... do any Necrodancing. <laughs> uh, but you know, this week we we got a chance to play a little Metal Gear and play a little Batman. You know, yes, and that, the, yeah. I, I had a the, a reflection on that last night. I was like, holy crap, man! Any other year, those two games would just be enormous. Yeah, true. And you know, in 2015, when it felt like things maybe starting to 
you know, wind down a little bit for AAA. We certainly keep hearing buzz and rumors about that stuff. To get those two specific titles and a whole lot more feels awesome. And I think mm -hmm. what's also awesome about it is, is like, I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I get a little tired when I think of all these franchises and like another Batman. And I'm, not, I'm sorry, yeah. but seriously, <laughs> it's okay. It's like you're never invited back in the. <laughs> I know. I've, okay. I've, I've, you've uninvited me so many times after my Batman <laughs> comments, but no, seriously, right? Like. Another this, another that. The same franch franchises over and over again. But there is something exciting about them appearing on these new platforms mm -hmm. and actually using the power. And it's been like these platforms have been out for a while now, so it's it's hard to remember that like this is the first time Batman's going to be on the new gen consoles. Right. Like this is really, and they're going to do a lot more with it. Yeah. And yep. it's easy to forget that like oh they haven't put one out yet on the PS4 or Xbox yeah. mm -hmm. One. So I'm excited about seeing what they're going to do with these new you know versions of old games on the new systems that's always cool this is the year we're finally leaving the last gen behind we don't yeah. have, we're not tied to the uh, to the cross-platform titles mm -hmm. right. you know it's all next gen and yeah like you said that's that's finally letting the devs unleash the power of the systems that we kind of were promised when we first bought these things like way back yeah you know? and look the witcher 3 man like that's a big gnarly beautiful open world game that you kind of couldn't do on mm -hmm. last gen systems yeah. I can't wait to see what Bethesda is going to be bringing out when you think of Skyrim right that was on an old system man yeah. what are they mm -hmm. going to do with yeah. this power if they're uh. if the Witcher can pull this off what are we going to see I'm like the turgid. more right yeah. you're turgid turgid you're turgid it's the it's it's like the middle of the day and you're already turgid well, uh, tell me what turgid means it means engorged okay engorged <laughs> So gross. God, you've, you've necro danced, you're turgid. It's a beautiful day. You gotta you find some new words, man. You know, it, maybe what's happened a little bit too is that the AAA, obviously, at this stage, it means a whole other thing that AAA meant last generation. It just mm -hmm. means, you know, 40% more art or 50% more coding or whatever it means. It means bigger teams, bigger investment. And maybe what's happened is that all of these other avenues, these uh, indie studios and these mobile studios that have kind of erupted from the shakeup that has happened over the last 10 years, maybe who's ever left is the best that, that, that there is in making AAA. Maybe these are the people that are just really are mm -hmm. killing themselves to build us the best stuff, and, and the AAA that we're going to get now is going to be it's sensational. I kind of miss it's like it's like getting rid of the middle class, right? Like we've only got the really, really big studios and the really small studios, and yeah. the small studios are doing cool stuff, and we're seeing ridiculous stuff from the big studios. But I kind of miss like those those sort of second tier THQ games. THQ and Midway. Yeah, and they're just and, not yeah. they're not viable yeah, no, anymore. They're, they're not around anymore. They're all they're all gone. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really uh, it's really it kind of does mirror. Uh, what it's like living in America. You've got people, you've got the one percent, you got the rest of us at the bottom here trying to you know, scrap for like a spot on the app store. Yeah, and uh, and that can be depressing. But when you start to see, yeah, like these companies that are actually uh, still around and putting this talent to use the right way. What's disappointing is that because maybe. Uh, they're more concerned about making that great game. They're taking longer. They're pushing things back further and further. Like my most anticipated game of the year, as I think everyone's is, is No Man's Sky, which I was so stoked about last year. Chances of that thing actually making it out this year, guys? Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. I'm like, you know, maybe 50% at best that they're going to not push that. Thing, well, that's you know? a weird game, though, because that's a small game from a small team, but now it has enormous yeah. expectations and, and tons yeah, of pressure, yeah. right? And support, though. I mean, the support's there, too. And you got to hand it to Sony. I think they're doing a better job than anybody else at taking these small gems and giving mm -hmm. them, you know, getting them out to a wider audience than they might have otherwise got. But uh, I don't know. I don't really see No Man's Sky as being the kind of the first party 
big one that you guys that you guys think it is. I think well, it's it doesn't be... have it doesn't have character, right? And that's a problem when you look at a broad audience. Like, how do you how do you market that thing? Like, yeah. how you don't you put like a, a like big, its own a dinosaur? Personality. Like, yeah. you don't. Yeah. There's nothing to really. It's just like a kind of pink and purplish hue with a spaceship. It's yeah. the environment that's the character. Yeah, and that's I, always I think tough. it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I think it is going to be hard to sell. It's going to be hard to get people invested in the game who don't know what it is. We know what it is. We're super stoked for it. Yeah. I think there's a huge segment of the public out there who don't know what it is. I think that's why Sony being behind games like this is so important. I mean, it's fantastic. They're gonna they're gonna push it. They're gonna market it. They'll make people understand what it is. Yeah, we all got into this business based on the uh, the allure of uh, the big expenditures and the big titles, the big names and the big brands and stuff like that. And it does feel like uh, you know focus has shifted back from the companies that want to stay in that space into some really massive things, but they are all tried and true brands. They're all properties that have kind of proven themselves over time, and they will continue to be big, but I think what also has happened is that they're, you know, this indie wave has almost exhausted itself in some ways in terms of like coming out with uh, side-scrolling, you know, mm -hmm. super fun thing. Not saying that, that we're not going to get more of those kinds of cool games, but I do feel like what's happening with indie is that they're rightfully going to get bigger some of these successful studios like uh, the capybara guys i think are going to start to get bigger and they are going to get into the mid-tier indie space and yeah. they're going to be building us the, right. okay. the, the middle class i They'll think the right new, now the new middle class yeah okay. and mm -hmm. i think that they're going to come with uh, interesting design concepts and probably a lot more 3D, and I think No Man's Sky kind of exemplifies that as well, a lot more kind of 3D design. And you know what else is interesting? You look at companies like Epic yeah. or Harmonix, who used to be sort of tied and tethered to other publishers, right. who are now self-publishing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they sort of now maybe are that that middle ground, right? Fortnite or games like Rock, I mean, even though Rock Band is obviously a huge brand, they're not making Rock Band under the, uh, Rock Band under the EA uh, uh, umbrella anymore. Yeah. They're on their own. They're yeah. like partnering with Mad Cats. Like they're just going to try to do this thing themselves. Yes. And that's that's kind of the new kind of whatever fake indie, right? They're yeah. not indie because they've got they've obviously have these brands that have powered them for a long time. Epic is certainly not indie. Yeah. But they're also not really a major. They're not Ubisoft or, or EA or a major publisher. What are they? Are yeah. they that mm -hmm. mid tier too? Yeah. Well, and then there's also these Kickstarter indie developers that are out there right now like uh, Igarashi who's got the the new Castlevania like at the it's mm. Bloodstained I think it's mm -hmm. the is the name of it mm -hmm. and there's a lot of uh, uh, you know back and forth with between indie developers that are feeling that some of that Kickstarter focus and spotlight is being shifted to these people that already are stars that already could be getting funded in a different time maybe yeah, uh, right. but now they're getting overfunded like the banjo kazooie um uh, what's it called layla and the ukulele yeah you know i feel and i when i read that it's like yeah sure i think that if you are fully you know starting from scratch and you're a very small developer and you go up to kickstarter you're not going to get the uh the, you know, the quadruple funding and budgeting that these things are. And I read a great, I think it was on Polygon, I read a great article about the fact that uh, uh, that's not even the budget, you yeah. know. Yeah. Even when they get to five times the scope of what they're asking for, that's not even going to be, be yeah, the budget. Our, our friend mm -hmm. Ben Kuchera wrote a great piece about that. And that's yeah. really true. I mean, like, you know, you look at, you know, I guess the $500,000 that they got for that bloodstain, and it's yeah. like, mm -hmm. that's nothing. That's a fifth of what they need to make this game. Not even, <laughs> right, a tenth yeah. of what they need to make this game. And you're like, well, why are you even taking that money, right, when when there could be going to places that, like, you know, Shovel Knight or a game like uh, FTL, which was a kickstarted, 100% mm -hmm. kickstarted game, yeah. that was inventive and new and great and would never have happened if it didn't have the crowd support. And these other guys are like, well, we don't we don't know where to get the money anymore. The money's not accessible. They, they're so. gaming the system, yeah. but I also feel like 
maybe Kickstarter has jumped the shark a little well, bit too. I mean, it, it's a Kickstarter though, right? It's, yeah. it's a barometer of how much people are interested in. If people are going to pay up front for your game, you, yeah. you know, you can you can proceed with that. I don't, I don't. There has been there has been a lot of gaming of the Kickstarter system. I think it's it's broken in some ways, and I think people are losing faith in it. But I do think it's also the place where you can at least say, I have this great idea. I don't have the money to get it going. Were you interested enough to to actually give me money if I can make this happen? And if yeah. people say, yeah, and then you know, you get your first half million, that gets you going. Then you maybe find a publisher. Then maybe I don't know. But I mean, I don't think we should. I don't think we should hold Kickstarter against them. I think it's. No. Uh, I think a few uh, failures have kind of tainted it a bit. But um, I think it's still it's serving a, a really valuable purpose. And clearly, people are wanting to back stuff that they really believe in. You know, like Pillars of Eternity, we reviewed not too long ago. Really cool game. Really fantastic that that got the Kickstarter. Uh, you know, support that it needed. I think Crypto the Necrodancer was right. also a Kickstarter mm -hmm. thing. Uh, so I, yeah, I still believe in the concepts of it, but I think like anybody out there, there is a there's sort of a, a skepticism now about some of these pitches and some Which of these ideas. And there should be, there should yeah. have been from the beginning, but now we know sort of not everything that lands a Kickstarter is going to work. Not, yeah. not everybody's got the best intentions, but at least, you know, we're seeing some really good stuff come out of it. Well, it's also turned into a, a difficult task for journalists. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I get flooded yeah. with Kickstarter email pitches and it's yeah. like here's a name you maybe recognize here's maybe a brand that maybe you heard of 30 years ago or here's a genre that here's hasn't a been genre done that and, someone yeah, yeah someone yeah. likes and like hey can you get the word out and support the Kickstarter and I'm like no I'm not doing your job for you like yeah. my job isn't to, because you sent me a press release like there's yeah. there's no you need to have some you know gravity there to, to be able to kind of say well here's why you should check this thing out so I do I do like when I get a game demo Excuse me. I do like when I get a game demo from a, a kickstarted game, and it looks great. And then I can kind of say, "This looks cool. Like, you know, check it out." Yeah. I've never like actually. Mighty Number no. Nine. That whole yeah, thing was like, awesome. That looks yeah. great. Like, I, I never have contributed to a Kickstarter. I've never mm. given a dime to any of them because I feel like it's just weird for me to start I, paying for development. I have a little bit, and I've been burned a little bit too. Yeah. So yeah. I'm starting to be a little hesitant about it right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I ever would, just because yeah. it feels like I'm supposed to cover the thing, and I start to have some sort of interest in it if I'm paying. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I, I agree with you guys. I don't think it. The, I don't think every Kickstarter game is is a disaster and a bad <laughs> idea. But I do think that they're they're learning that this system is not without some serious flaws yeah. and problems. It's, and it's, uh, and it's it started to it not only infringe on the ability for these companies to get these games made, yeah. but it's starting to affect the broader games industry because now you're like, well, you know, Kickstarter games are kind of put in the category of being this lame kind of smaller little kid brother. Yeah. And then there's the triple A's and it's kind of segregated the industry even further. You well, know? I think what's happening and I, you know, we're kind of working this out as we're talking about it, but I, f I feel like the middle class is, is self-defining. I feel like that, that sort of mid tier, uh, you know, product that used to be a midway game or a THQ game or even a Konami game or something like that, you know, and all of these companies have kind of shifted away from consoles or have publicly come out and, and said that their whole business alignment has changed from the last generation. Uh, but people still want to build games that end up at that level. They're kind of saying and putting their flag in the sand saying that we are that mid-level. We are that, uh, you guys missed yeah. 3D platformers? Well, the guys that made Banjo-Kazooie are back and we're going to build our own 3D platformer. And I think if you have enough of a track record with releases like that, you're back in the game at that mid-tier level, at that $20 price point or $30 price point. I guess the thing that bums me out a little is like, these, this idea, like the guys who made Bandrix, they're back. They're gonna make another one. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I'm sorry. I don't need another one. Nothing. There's, there's nothing wrong with a 3D platformer, but like, yeah. 
the future of our industry is not to just redo things we did 25 years ago yeah. and just be stoked about like, hey, great, we did another one. Like, yeah. remember when we were all like, don't make any more 3D platformers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need another furry fucking guy with a hat or like, 2D side scrollers. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I don't need to collect any more fucking coins and fruit and jump on a mushroom. <laughs> no more. I'm done. But the future of the industry then apparently is collecting toys instead. Like we saw a lot of yes. the toys to life stuff <laughs> yeah. this week. Uh, we saw, you know, New Disney Infinity. We saw some, there. That was yeah. some Lego <laughs> Thank you, man. Well, I mean, it's, you know, we gotta we gotta pivot a little bit and work some other stuff in here. But I'm uh, I'm wondering when this is gonna reach the saturation point. I mean. Some companies are doing it right. Yeah. I think some companies are going to find out they're not doing it right. And I don't know, but I don't want to see I don't want to see toys be the future well, of video games. But this is the thing though, is it, it you know, and this is in the case of Disney Infinity, I think specifically, I think they nailed it on the toys, not so much on the game to begin with, mm -hmm. and they keep iterating and they keep improving and tweaking and uh, you know, theoretically, the third kick it is going to be pretty phenomenal because they're going to have all of this new action and all of these new partnerships and all of that stuff. Uh, they can fund these games by the value of the toys, you know, and I think that's the Amiibo concept is really paying off for <laughs> Nintendo in some pretty substantial ways. I think that they're having this new revenue stream that's going to finance a whole bunch of new development and new tweaks and stuff, and I think that's going to be true if the, if the toys sell. So it almost feels like these game companies that are doing this you know toys to life thing if they know they've got a hit with the toys it will eventually circle back to more interesting games which you know makes Skylanders all the more of a marvel that this was unproven territory mm -hmm. with you know original characters and they still sold I still feel that Skylanders is is the most impressive of these companies because not only are they you know still making I think what are the best games right I think they make better game than Disney Infinity uh, Amiibo they don't have separate games it's just like a yeah. character unlock mm -hmm. right um, but I think it's just a miracle that they've been able to continue to, to create brand new <laughs> monsters over and over again with some kooky new idea now that talks to you now who knows what the next one's gonna be I've heard rumor mill is vehicles oh yeah I heard, mm -hmm. so now you gotta buy a car and stick your dude in it I don't know how that's gonna work but yeah. But they keep coming up with crazy ideas. That's an amazing company, Toys for Bob, the guys who developed that game. Yeah. They have really deep gaming roots going all the way back to what like... What an ironic name for a game company, too. Toys for Bob. You know? Know? <laughs> Toys. Yeah, ultimately, yeah. I mean, those guys made, uh, you know, Archon yeah. back in the mm -hmm. day. Star Control, my favorite yeah. game. I mean, this is an amazing company. Um, what Disney's done and what I think Lego's going to be doing with their thing and what, what, what Nintendo's doing, they're just trying to figure out how to... You know how to kind of turn their property into this cash cow, and they're doing it. They're yeah. doing a good job of it. It's I don't. I would never have called it. I would have said they would have failed. Yeah, they're doing an okay job of it. I mean, I, I just I I, I don't like the uh, maybe because I'm, I'm not a kid. I don't have kids, but I don't like the the amount of focus being placed on these things. Um, I do think Disney is finally getting a handle on it. Like you're saying, like the third iteration of Disney Infinity is looking more like a game now. Yeah. You know, it's looking more like a game that I would actually want to play. And uh, they, I mean, they've had the toys from day one. The toys look great. The figures look great. Yeah. But uh, now I, everybody's like hitching to this, hitching their wagon to this horse now. And uh, I don't know. Is it, uh, I just feel like there's got to be a point where we say, okay, toys are awesome. Let's let's put a whole lot of toys. Let's do toys to life. But let's not forget we're also you know building games and building gaming experiences, not building games for the sake of being a way of selling toys. I know? think this has got to be it, though. I don't think there's another company that would look at this field and go, oh, look at this. It's a huge exploding thing. We should do a Toys to Life thing. I don't thing. know. Blizzard couldn't come in. Yeah, man. Some more craft they dudes. Okay. I mean, there's... Right. there's yeah. yeah, right? There. All right, touche. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Put my and, foot down. And it would be for collectors because that's more of an adult audience uh -huh. and that would be a whole new category. I would, I would actually yeah, love wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. If, 
if Warner Brothers was like, we got a new uh, idea, guys. It's called uh, Batman Toys to Life. <laughs> you're telling me you wouldn't collect them all? Like, here's your Joker. Here's your no, Firefly. This is, here's this your is, Nightwing. I think this is a whole thing missing in the category. Actually, I, I told the uh, the Disney Infinity people, I love the, the figures. I think they're awesome. And I would love double scale. And I would love some articulation. And I would love a vehicle line because the, that whole art style is such a rad departure from the sort of traditional look of a lot of these characters and to have that uniformity and also some flexibility did would you know be they, awesome. Did you know they actually sell other kinds of Star Wars toys? No, or I know, you know, but... Have but, you heard? No, yeah. Rick has no idea. Yeah. Rick doesn't, he doesn't the, have any this toys. This is the thing about toy collecting. I'm such a nerd for toys, too, is that it's the, you know, just like comic iterations or character or, or creator type of uh, uh, interpretations of these things, the different sculpts and the different models and the different designs all play into the collectability, and, and I love the Disney Infinity look. But you're not interested in the game itself, right? You're saying, like, and I understand, you want, you love the, the figures, yeah. But you, you don't really care about the game. I'll right? play the game. I had a good time with the Marvel one, and I'm I'm expecting that I'm I'm going to dig flying the uh, the Falcon and and getting into lightsaber battles quite a bit in the new Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but I you know I've also played a tremendous amount of great Star Wars games, and we're going to get you know hopefully a fantastic one in the new yeah. Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. So and you know and it's kind of ironic that we're going to get Battlefront and this in the same year, because hopefully <laughs> Battlefront. Space <laughs> hopefully it's true, right? It's not the one you think. Yeah, right. which is yeah. crazy. But hopefully most of Battlefront just you know wipes the floor with the with the gameplay of uh, Infinity. <laughs> but it would be hilarious if Infinity ends up being more fun than Battlefront. Well, right? I think you know these Toys to Life games. They're not. The, the problem I have with them, the problem I think we're all starting to have with them, is they're starting to mirror that free-to-play gating model, where right. the yeah, reason right. why you got to buy those toys isn't because they're awesome and they look cool. Right. It's because you got to, if you want to get past this thing, yeah. you right. got to go buy the thing. Right. Yeah. And it's awful and you gotta evil. you got to buy characters you don't even care about. Yeah. That right, sucks. just yeah. so you can open up some stupid path. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm concerned that we're going to see more of that. You know, the Lego game's doing this. We can't talk about specifics. We do know that it's out there. We know mm -hmm. it's a Toys to Life game. Yeah. Um, but how are they going to incorporate that? Yeah. And then what other companies are going to come in and just try to keep pawning well, off these actors? Like you said, if Blizzard did that, imagine Diablo 4, if you want to have a certain character class, you got to buy the figure for that <laughs> class. You right. know what? I right. would do it then. I'd be an idiot <laughs> feeding this horrible, horrible system. <laughs> I know. I know. It's frustrating. But, you know what? I mean, this is my argument around toys and why I talk about them all the time. We're moving into digital, you know, media of all form. I mean, just having books or DVDs or CDs or game cartridges or whatever, that's or discs, it's all sort of fading away, you know, whether we want it to or not. And the last vestige of being able to physically connect with these things that we care about is going to be action figures so and sculpts. Miss, I'm interested to hear from you guys. Uh, what, are your, what do your shelves look like, your game shelves? Because... Mine is is super sad now. Yeah. Like I have all my Xbox 360 games still up because yep. there's like a trillion of them. Uh, but my little area with Xbox One and PS4 and we used to it's like there's like 20 little discs yeah. and now it's, and I have these huge this shelf space with nothing on it. I'm, I'm the sad. same. I'm the same. I'm sad. I don't want any more codes. I have a mini shelf that's actually in my basement that is like my two play shelf. You know the uh -huh. stuff that I'm gonna reach for all the you know, for um, the most stuff that I'm gonna go back to, mm. and it's. Like my whole library of PS4 and, and Xbox One and Wii U is up there. I don't have to find it anywhere else. It's all right there, you know? Uh -huh. And I could never have the PS3 or Xbox 360 live like that. My game shelf are, are the, the one terabyte drives I, I bought for my consoles, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and it makes me sad. I mean, I, I grew up with the, the old school, like the, the Ultimate Games. I remember when the Ultimate Games came in a box with a cloth map and these yeah, books of lore. And you would yeah. sit on the toilet and read your spell book <laughs> and your lore book. <laughs> 
or wherever you want to do it. But no, I mean, you I, can I only miss, do it. You had to do it on the toilet. I miss the fact that we don't have these these sort of uh, ancillary materials that come with games anymore. So like maybe maybe the figures are feeding that. But man, I would be way more interested in buying like a uh, a book of well, I don't want to use Destiny as examples. It's a bad example, but maybe yeah. a book of like Bloodborne lore or something that delves into the world. But I'm, this stuff used to come with games. You can. You, can. you could just spend one hundred and twenty dollars on the collector's edition and you get all that crap. Yeah. That's the that's the unfortunate thing is either you're getting like a download code yeah. or you're getting like some gigantic thing with fucking statues <laughs> bigger, and stuff yeah, that you're like, for. I just wanted, like, I just miss a game disc. And the other reason I miss it is exactly what you're talking about. Man, I've got so many codes, and I know this is like first world problems, right? I've, oh, reviewer with all these download codes. <laughs> yeah. But it's become an issue. I got to take stuff off my machine. Mm -hmm. I, I got to delete and add it. I got to get a new hard drive. I got to get a hard drive for all three systems. It's, it's like a shitty computer. Yeah. It's a shitty computer. Yeah. It's impossible to manage that data. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, love... Yeah, the Wii U has got a... Uh, I've got an external drive plugged into that, and I've packed both the Xbox One and the PS4 mm -hmm. hard drives. If you're an avid gamer, you're going to do that quick. I mean, yep. these are 50 gigs for each Easy. game. Yeah. It's 10 games. There you go. You're done. Like, and it, now you gotta it go buy hurts to delete them because downloading them again is... It's going to take forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In 10 years from now, what happens when if we want to revisit those games? Because they're yeah. gone, man. They're yeah. not on the servers anymore. We we don't have... I mean, we, we've we got these libraries of uh, yeah. PS2 and PS3 and Xbox 360 titles moving forward that we we don't we can't go back. Like, if I decide I want to pull my console out of the closet 10 years from now, like I do now with my Dreamcast, yeah. What? how? How's that going to work? I, so I still tell people to buy the physical. I still tell people to, to buy the disc because it's worth it just specifically for that thing and also you're packing up your hard drive and then there's tons of indie things that just won't warrant the physical release mm -hmm. yeah. that's what should be filling up your hard drive right and these should be yeah. games that are like one or two gigs yes. and that's mm -hmm. it you could put 500 of them on yeah. your system yeah. you know like that's great but it's yeah. sad that those might disappear though right you know unless there's some kind of archival system well that's another yeah. interesting conversation yeah. is about archive that's a big issue going on yeah. right now people are talking a lot about that with online games with if you have a server uh, you know we had this discussion last night with some other uh, folks about you know what happens to a game like World of Warcraft like how do you archive mm -hmm. that when they shut off the servers you know if they ever shut off the servers which eventually they will yeah. is is it illegal for me to start a server so that I can kind of preserve the game right. preserve characters and how this game works because it's so requiring yeah. you know you, you have to have a server to, mm. to play it um, does Blizzard own that how long does Blizzard own that until they can let go of it am I allowed to do that just for preservation it's an interesting conversation we're getting into mm. this digital age where it's no longer just I have my Atari 2600 yeah. and my Space Invaders cartridge yeah. and that just exists forever well and it, it feels like it, you, you know the way that the video game industry has kind of accepted and taken in the internet for its uh, for much of its gaming is not really with a lot of foresight and a lot of kind of mm -hmm. anticipation of what will be good for the consumer and also good for the preservation of the cultural qualities of the medium mm -hmm. you know like there should be a lot more thought about all of this stuff you know and a lot more kind of working together to kind of figure all of this stuff out consumers should not lose the rights to software that they yeah. purchase the rights to based on hardware breaking down yeah. you know oh, i mean that extends beyond games i mean what happens to my itunes library if i got you know if, if apple hit the wrong button i mean or yeah. if i deleted mm -hmm. my stuff is it gone do i lose the music i paid for yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a scary future yeah and there are games that are deleted off of the app store all the time that you can't yeah. download again yeah. you know or right. apps or whatever yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah it's a strange new reality man hey speaking of reality <laughs> do we care about vr are we caring about vr from, uh, from what we're seeing now because it's imminent i mean oculus is going to drop something what Late this year and early next year. First, I just want to. That, that's like a seven out of ten. Yeah. That was really rough. That was. I was like, where, wait, wait, I, 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 I want to work with. It was pretty good. It was a big shift. I'm not gonna lie. I don't, I don't think I would even give that 
segue a seven out of ten. That was, that was probably a four. I'm just being that you're here. I, you you know, guys both try. I didn't. I didn't want to crush the spike, so I didn't try the VR game. Can we that talk was about oh, that on. for a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait come a minute. on. When are you gonna finally <laughs> trade your fucking hair no, for I, VR? I'm not gonna put VR on in public. I'm not doing it. So if anybody's coming up to me and saying, "Here, try on some VR," I'm not gonna like. I've, oh, I see the, that's right. I, the I see the dudes. The life that, of one of the most influential game journalists in the world. He won't try the thing I'll on do it because at home. of his goddamn hair. I, I see the guys that come off of the thing. They got half their hair up like this, and ha you know I don't wear want a that. hat. Be a hat guy for no, a day. No, I'm on TV. Nobody wants to see me wear a hat. Nobody wants hats on TV. <laughs> I know. What fool would do that? Yeah, I had a long. No, night, I think guys. about that for sure. But I don't. You know, whatever, man. I gotta. Yeah, you gotta feel confident that you can be in front of the <laughs> yeah, camera. Afterwards. You can't even partake in the conversation about VR. No, not yet. <laughs> because of your hair. <laughs> this is about your hair. Your, this is about your ego is what this is about. It's my Lucas. ego. I'm on TV, for Christ's sakes. Uh, All right, leave yeah. me alone. All right, I'm very sensitive. Okay, so. But, <laughs> theoretically, then. Theoretically, yeah. from what we've seen, what yeah. we saw this week, we had a little taste of this week. We're going to see more of a D3. Yeah. Are, are you getting more... <laughs> Are you getting more hyped for VR? I, I want to try it, try it at home. I mean, I watched somebody play a game with the thing, and I played the non-VR version of it and had a good time. We can't talk about what it is. Uh, I, actually, we can say what it is. It's a drift. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we can't really talk about our experiences with it. And the VR version looked like it would be totally rad. You guys played the VR version? I've played it a couple times, yeah. the VR version of that game. Yeah. Uh, and I played both the VR and the non-VR yeah. uh, this week. Um, I, I'm, I'm stoked on VR. Uh, as an experience. I yeah. think it's a great experience. And I think you don't get that experience. It's impossible to sell. It's impossible to explain to people why it's great. Mm -hmm. This is going to be its big challenge. And its price point is going to be its big challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people are going to want to they got to upgrade your computer. Yeah. You got to have some serious specs to run mm -hmm. an Oculus Rift. You got to put a strap right over the middle of your head, which will crush all your spikes. Your spikes. That's right. <laughs> you can't be on television if you intend to play with a Rift. No, but I mean, but these are really big obstacles. Yeah. Price point, uh, just for the unit itself, mm. upgrading your computer, and then actually explaining to somebody, having somebody experience it, you have to strap the thing to your head. Yeah. You just can't talk to somebody about this. Yeah. And it requires a certain kind of experience. I'm worried that we're going to see some developers kind of trying to force their games into VR rather than creating games around the VR experience. I think Adrift is a game that works really well as a VR because experience. Because it's all slow motion, yeah. kind of getting through space kind of thing. But right? not everything will. I, like, I don't think shooters will. There's a lot of game experiences that won't. And yeah. we're going to see people try to shoehorn this stuff into VR. And it's going to be shitty. And people are going to say, this is shitty. Maybe VR is not really the, the next thing. Yeah, I heard a guy that was working on uh, a game that takes place underwater. And there are some fairly quick movements in the thing. And, oh, yeah. and, and they said, uh, putting a VR helmet in the middle of that would make people sick because you're whipping around very fast and there's no, uh, you know, vertice or whatever. There's no sort of like gravitational kind of balance there. So yeah. it would just be a little nauseating. It was like for playing people. Descent years ago. Yeah. Just kind of <laughs> Imagine Descent in VR. Yeah, it's exactly. Oh my right. God. Like you just hurl everywhere. Oh my God. But I mean, look, for as many lame ideas as they're going to be, yeah. I, most of the experiences I have had, the lion's share of them. Yeah have been transformative. I mean, have been really, really cool. I mean, the Oculus, or not the Oculus, excuse me, the Morpheus mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. uh, that I saw at GDC this year was awesome. The deep, the thing with the shark, crapped my pants, <laughs> crapped them. <laughs> Full on crapped them. First time, 20 years, crapped my pants. Had a little shark, had to run to the bathroom. I'm like, sorry, shark and shark. Put That's that on happens. your box, Sony. That's right. <laughs> Crap my pants. Your shark made it, Silverman shark. It'll make you shark. It'll shark. You'll shark all over your morphous. I mean, it was terrifying. It was a 20 foot long great white eating through a cage to chomp me to death. Right. It was insane. And I, I wrote about it and I sounded like 
a maniac, yeah. like a crazy ranting town crier. Like it, I did not. It was so hard to say. Like, and I looked to the side, and then it was the fin, and then here it, his face was right here. Mm-hmm. It's when you're sitting there with this thing on your head that you're like, this is a totally new game. It's fully this experiential. Is a totally new experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I just have no idea how these companies are going to get that message across. Uh, now I, I admit that I'm a neophyte and I haven't jumped into this stuff at all. But from the outside looking in. I'm a little more excited about HoloLens than I am with uh, VR because I feel like uh, it's something that you can share with other people. You're not as closed off. It's not as tight and personal. And it's uh, also, I think, the full extrapolation of what 3D was promised to Mm -hmm. us back in the 50s. This feels like you can actually have objects come out of 2D space into 3D and you can manipulate them. Have you experienced it yet? No. No. Have you? No. Yeah. No. I've not. No. So they've been very. Maybe we will soon. I, yeah, yeah. I think at E3 we will. But I, you know, from all of the demo stuff and all of the talk around it, I feel like, you know, there's room for both. But I feel like the idea of Hololens is a little more exciting to me. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see. Uh, I think VR and augmented reality fuse ultimately to one thing. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I like the idea, I like the concept of AR gaming, but I'm not really sure that's going to be something that I'm going to want to sit in my living room and play Minecraft on my coffee table. You know, I'm not really sure what the experiences are that I want to have in my own home with stuff coming out of the walls. It, it looks good, it looks fun, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's how I want to game, you know? Well, I think that's the thing with VR is that they try to emulate that stuff is coming out to you for you to touch. But VR puts you wherever they want you to be. They put you in Skyrim. They put you in the Only the bottom with your of the eyes. Ocean. Only with your eyes. You know, no, they can do it with you, Dick. They can do it with you. <laughs> they have, they have no, that technology. But with, uh, with, uh, with HoloLens and some haptic stuff, I think you can actually engage and touch and, and move stuff around in 3D space, right? You can manipulate. So I'm thinking of... Uh, 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 what was that Frontier space game that just just came out? Elite? Yeah, Elite, I'm thinking yeah. of Elite Dangerous, where you had to kind of look around with your with your eyes uh, or with the mouse, and you'd be looking at different things, and you'd press buttons and stuff like that with the mouse. Mm-hmm. Now you could actually just look around with your head, and then and interact with the buttons and see all of that stuff yeah. and keep flying. I keep coming back to you. Remember the first time they unveiled Connect and they had that sizzle reel where right. the kid with the skateboard, my skateboard's in the game now. It's radical. Yeah. Yeah. Like, none of that <laughs> stuff. Literally none of the stuff in that sizzle video actually was came real, to yeah. Yeah. So Poor little... fucking Milo sitting in a television <laughs> somewhere in the back of Microsoft storage <laughs> facility. <laughs> Let me out of the television, Peter locked so me in here. You, you, you bring up a good point. Yes. So if that stuff actually comes, if that stuff actually happens, I mean, the, the promise of HoloLens is amazing. Uh, the, the delivery, it's Microsoft. We'll see what they do with it over the next few years. But sure. it's going to be a few years. And we, that's why it gets to the minority report, kind of like, I, right. they can actually see my hands and tell what they're doing with enough accuracy. Like Connect 2.0 still doesn't know what the hell I'm doing with my no. hands. It no. knows there's a hand and here. And they sure, certainly promised all of that stuff yeah. would be improved. Right, and right. that's why the Rift and Morpheus, those are the two. And I've not experienced the Vive yet, and we're going to have that at E3, which is supposed to be amazing, although it requires 30 cameras in your house, and it's going to take <laughs> up 40 feet in your living room. Wow. Um, and that's going to be a big pain in the ass, although it looks really cool from what I keep hearing. But the experiences that I've had with the Rift and the Morpheus, th- there is no question. I'm not questioning, am I going to enjoy this? I'm like, can I stay here for two more hours? Can you guys just <laughs> leave this thing running? Yeah. And can I just play Eve Val- I mean, Valkyrie, Eve Valkyrie we've been talking about for a long time. Dude, it's nuts. Like, you're just, you're in there and you just want to stay. And yeah. I'm already sold. The, the question's going to be, can they sell enough of these things? Can they penetrate the market enough to make it a thing that sustains itself for a while and doesn't just become a really weird niche 
you know, crowd that's so in So what room. you're telling me is wear a hat on one of the days at E3. Totally. And just do the Could thing. Could you also wear like a fake mustache? And I'll wear a mustache. <laughs> so no one okay. knows who you are. Just so like I, will, I will masquerade as My name Inspector. is Lucas Victor. I'm uh, here to see your uh, Morpheus. No, I'll be Inspector uh, Cluzo. Yeah. Right. Hello, I'm here to see your, <laughs> your Project Morpheus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I will do that. Uh, it is going to be a grand E3. I think 2015 is going to be a sensational year, and I think uh, we have much to be excited about as nerds and fans of all of this stuff. And it feels good to have video games back so strong, right? I feel like they're on the comeback trail, man. Yeah. Comeback yeah. trail. All right, well, I think E3 2015 is going to be phenomenal. I think that this is going to be an incredible year to be nerds and fans of all of this stuff across a lot of media. But video games, it's great to have them back so strong, right? Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to this year. We couldn't say that last year, and, and I'm happy. I feel happy. I'm, I'm going to E3 happy. Yeah. I'll be super grumpy by the end of the week, but <laughs> I'm going to E3 happy. Yeah. That's better than last year. We exactly. were all grumpy going we were grumpy into this. Show, yeah. And then it was like, oh, there's a couple things here that are all right. <laughs> now I think we're actually, we are, we are excited. Okay, one game you want to see at E3. That we haven't talked about yes. yet? Fallout 4. Yeah, that's all. It has to be Fallout 4. Unanimous. Fallout yeah. 4. We got to see it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Stitcher. We'll see you next week on Vic's Basement. Vic's Basement would like to thank its sponsors, EB Games, Nintendo, Xbox, and Gameloft, makers of Dragon Mania Legends, which you can play for free right now.